This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains no spoilers, but mentions Buffy, Supernatural, Crescent City, and the Black Witch Chronicles, to name a few. For full list, please see our show notes. There are also discussions surrounding sexual assault, incest, and domestic abuse. Everybody and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing the Mortal Instruments 4 through 6. We're done. We're done with the Mortal Instruments. Oh my god, it's so exciting. <laughs> I'm Well, what? I'm just excited that we're doing. It's been, you know, disclaimer for all of us right now. Laura's been in the middle of her international move. We haven't been doing, we haven't been recording just because, you know, life. So it's, it's really exciting to be doing this again and reading the books that she loves the series. I remember you were part of a bachelorette party and there was only one other person who knew what you were referring to, and this is before I was even close to touching fantasy sci-fi. So you two were just da -da 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 -da, the whole time because how many people actually read a series that constitutes of more than 22-something stories? <laughs> it was so funny, too. We were sitting in the hotel room, and she was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm reading these like really bad like YA books, but I can't stop. They're so addicting. She's like, what is it? And or I was like, what is it? And she's like, it's Shadowhunters. I was like, oh, my God. And I went to my suitcase and I pulled out the coloring book that I had oh. that was Shadowhunters. And I was just like, oh, my God. And she was like, oh, my God. And we had this like little freak out moment. And that was really fun. And the equivalent of that is happening now because, <laughs> as Jess said, uh, this is the first podcast in the new house, new setup. This isn't a permanent setup. So echoes. Ham's worried about the echo again. Sorry. Um <laughs> I am stoked to discuss this because we haven't talked about it at all. All I know is that you <laughs> have cried several times after I told you you would. And you looked at me dead in the eye and said, no, I won't. No. Well, fuck off. Yes, you did. But no, no, no. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying I hadn't cried yet. It had we had already I had gone through books one through five, with the exception of four, and Laura will get into that. And I just, just, you know, I enjoyed it. I was going with it, but I wasn't, I didn't think I was a, as invested as I was until certain things came up. And I go, holy crap, holy crap. And I actually started crying. And I forgot that I told Laura, I'm not going to cry till she texted me back saying, and you said you weren't going to cry. <laughs> Which, how is it a surprise to me that I'm not going to cry? I, I'm going to say this right now so that everybody has it on the books. When we eventually get to Clockwork, I believe Clockwork Princess, the last one. Is that I, the one that was released this sum, this past summer? Oh. Uh, I predict that Jessica will bawl her eyes out <laughs> oh, and God. will be inconsolable for at least 20 minutes. 
This is my prediction. I'm putting it out there right now. Uh, Jess mentioned book four. Book four. We have a disclaimer for that. The disclaimer is that I... Uh, she read it for the both of us. <laughs> I told Jess not to read it because it's a piece of trash. And I feel like having read all the books in the series, every single one of them that exists, I can say that. Uh, it's dumb. There isn't a lot that goes on. It's just a lot of like weird pining between teenagers and who needs it. So I gave Jess the highlights, right? I gave you the highlights. I don't feel like I missed out on anything, even though I skipped book four. And I mean, obviously, like you are my expert in all things. So (laughs) if I had a question, I would go to you. Or I felt comfortable enough going to the Shadowhunters wiki for book four because I got the gist of it. And then I would go back to it if there was some things that I was, you know, trying to figure out, which... I feel like in books five and definitely in book six, there's a lot of repetition that helps remind me, oh, okay, like that person clearly was from the book that I didn't know, but I know enough now that I could keep, yeah, y- you know, you could kind of, you know, context, context, context clues, context clues help. Uh, so why did I tell Jessica to skip book four besides it being kind of like steaming garbage? Well, it's because uh, the narrator uh, you know, Ed Westwick, you know, God love him. He, so Simon is the kind of the main in four and Ed Westwick, who is not American, trying to do Simon, who has like a slight like Brooklyn accent, right? <laughs> is just like this horrible, like, it, it's like this train wreck thing that you can't look away, but you have to listen to it. And it's so bad. And the way that he does Clary, it's just, it's just awful. And I could not put you through it and expect you to keep going. So I took it away. (laughs) And is it, and and I didn't even try to listen to a snippet on Audible. Did he try to Chuck Bassett at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So he Chuck Bassett. That must be like his only, you know, like Karen Gillan has only one American accent and it's very, and she admits it's very Valley Girl, um, stereotypical Valley Girl. um, And I feel like maybe that's, Ed Westwick's thing is he his only American accent that he knows is Chuck Bass. Now imagine Chuck Bass in a bad Brooklyn accent. <laughs> oh God, that's I, it. That's, that's like it. him trying to make fun of Lonely Boy. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah, and, and the words are like oddly breathy, and you can picture the way that he's saying it. You know, his mouth is open. He's just like. <clears throat> It's, uh, it's bad. <laughs> it, it's just bad. So we so we took it away. We took it out of the equation. So Jessica started with book five. So Jess is kind of going to take the lead on this. The only thing that I told Jess going into book five is that um, like choice is really big, right? Like choice is really big. Having having it, losing it, and like not using it correctly is like really kind of a huge theme here. So like, what what do you think? What do, what do you got? I think I want to start off another another disclaimer. By the time I was reading book five, I really loved the narrator. I had grown accustomed to Molly Quinn. I had transitioned over from, you know, like Natalie Moore and Mae Whitman, who all sounded very young in their narration for Clary, which I liked. It was great. It worked. So... By the time I got to the sixth book and Sophie Turner was narrating, love her, 
bend the knee queen that she is. And she's a great narrator. This isn't nothing. This isn't, you know, we had our episode about audio versus traditional reading and how a narrator will make or break a story. I felt like the narrators and there's two narrators in book six because there's, you know, a male narrator and Sophie. And although they were great as narrators, they weren't great for this story. You know, they definitely sounded older. Um, It felt that they were aged up. Some, the, the accents weren't consistent. It took me out of the story and it really reminded me of, despite our critiques and criticisms of um, Serpent and Dove series, at least they were consistent. Um, And I felt by the end of the sixth book, I was, I was just, thank God it's over because I didn't have to listen to it anymore. And I texted you last night, Laura, saying, I think this is going to change my framework and how I approach the rest of the series. Because if I enjoyed this and everybody says the other parts of this saga are stronger and better, I want to be able to be invested in those and not kind of feel like it becomes background noise after a while. I think book five has been my favorite of the six. Why? That That's random. Tell me why. Yeah, I, I just feel like there was more, like there was more meat there. There was more action. Things were happening. It felt very, um, you know, height of supernatural maybe too. It felt like there were certain things that were happening in book five and definitely in book six that it felt like if Sam and Dean before they started hunting after Sam, like, finished college, like, the shadow hunters have been kind of laying all the work for the hunter. <laughs> I don't know, but remember in, maybe it was, like, seventh or eighth season, whatever it was. I'm not, clearly, I was super, you know, scholastic for this episode. The episode where, the episodes where Castiel comes into play, then there's Leviathans, and of course we know Lilith from the earlier seasons, and then the angels, you know angels are basic, are not as kind, which I, that's another thing that they did bring up in the fifth book, is everybody paints this picture of what they think quote-unquote angels are supposed to be and angels are warriors and i think that's something important to remember throughout the series because that's what shadow hunters are shadow hunters are nephilim and they come from angel blood i I like that you're like yes yes (laughs) (laughs) i love it um book five that that's random to me so book five to me when i think about it is uh, a, a a traveling an invisible traveling apartment going around the world and having adventures and being creeped on by your brother. Uh, And then at the same time, going through like angsty, like Isabel, Simon, Alec and Magnus stuff. (laughs) I, I love Magnus and Alec. They are my favorite couple in the whole series so far I, I, I really like them. I think there oh there was a part in book in book five where he where Magnus is like, Did you see that? That's my boyfriend. Like he's just so happy. He has sequin armor. Yes, please. And then they like there's a comment only Magnus. They go, Only Magnus, Laura and myself would have sequin <laughs> armor. I love Magnus. 
regards to like some of the framework that you were saying for this, at first I was just, I kept telling you, I didn't think that, I felt like I was missing something. I go, they keep popping up all over these places. The whole Sebastian taking over Jace's body, but in a way it was still Jace. It was so, in because there's a, there's a quote that says, um, there's always a choice. Oh, she killed him because she and the she being Clary, she killed him because he had she had no choice. And it's about Clary and Valentine and just how Sebastian was saying how similar her and Valentine are. And he was clearly he's trying to manipulate her. I also hate that he was quoting. I mean, granted, this is just like real life where he was quoting the Bible in a way that would be convenient for him. And that I, I that is very frustrating, and clearly that still happens. And he was using it in a way to justify his incestuous thoughts of his sister. And then in later in book six, he tries to say like, oh, well, I love you. But then thinking about books one through three and everything up that we know up until this point, he doesn't know what love is. He has two very, he, I don't want to say he has, a, the only emotion that I know that he has is hate and rage, which he clearly has for Jocelyn. He doesn't understand the context of any other emotion except textbook definitions because he literally said like, oh, I want to share this with you. I want to protect you. I want you to rule with me. I want all these things. Isn't that the, isn't that the definition of love? No. No. And then he starts quoting the Bible as he's trying to trigger warning sexually assault her. I was just I I was, again, listening to the book and I was on one of my walks and I was I screamed. I definitely covered my mouth because I could not believe. But again, he was using literal word verbatim lines from the, the Bible to justify his actions. And it was just I can understand, and I know we said this in the initial episode, where people can say, you know what, this isn't my jam, I'm going to put the book down. Because I have you in my corner, it is definitely a reason why, like, okay, I could keep going, or at least understand why. It's one of those things, it's like another book, like when we did Plated Prisoner, there's certain stuff, I don't want to say you need to overlook, but you have to push past to get to the good stuff. Oh, uh, definitely. You have to push past like a lot of bullshit to get to the good stuff. But like the good stuff is so good. It, it's it's so good. And like um, this, I don't know, it's going to come off as like bratty. But like when Jace and Clary were going around Venice, were you not just like, oh. there? I was there with them. And then, you know, there were certain things where I think you have to remember they're 16, they're 17, they're 18. They're young. So them traipsing around or them going in somebody else's pool, like maybe it's just how, how we grew up. But like how many times do you remember hearing like kind of crashing somebody else's pool or backyard and hoping that they weren't home because it's a vacation house and just having fun. And then there was the one like, you know, somebody had walked in or came home and they had a run out the you know there there's something there there's a lot of things in book 5 that just felt aw you know like young love that's what that 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 you know and it's not because they're blinded you know where sometimes there's a 
misconception that your first love, you're young and you're naive and you don't know what it is. I think these are people who keep fighting off demons in like the world. It's not like they're completely naive. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, it was just, the sweet stuff was really sweet. Um, when Jace comes back into his own he had this, like, when they were about to lose their, like, she was going to lose her virginity to Jace. And I told, like, that was, what he was thinking was what I was thinking. He goes, I don't know how long this would last. And could you imagine if they're midway? Yeah. And he goes in, like, I'm glad that he put a stop to that, even though she's like, I don't care, bitch, you care. Like, th- this isn't, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hutz. <laughs> So, okay, okay, so one of my favorite things about Shadowhunters, I mean, there's, I have a lot of favorite things about Shadowhunters, but one of my favorites is that it's known throughout the fandom that uh, Jace Herondale is our safe sex king. Don't let any man out there tell you that he can't wear a condom because uh, he brought a condom to he's hell. Always so ready. He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> Herondales are prepared. He brought a condom to hell. It is the end of the world. And he's still like, wrap it up. He's like, Are we doing this? Are we doing this? Like, let's let's go. It's amazing. It's amazing. Jace Herondale, we love you for a lot of reasons, but like that one is is so high on the list. So let no man tell you that they you know, they can't because you know, it, it was done in hell, so fuck off. It's it's just so amazing. I, I love it so much. Um, so there's a lot of controversy, obviously, you know, around Cassie Clare in these books. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in the beginning of our first episode. The controversy kind of around these last ones, as far as I can see, is that it kind of like hypersexualizes its characters because they are like skewed young. And there's a lot of like kissing and touching and pining and like skin descriptions and stuff. And people get upset about that. But I mean, that doesn't bother me because when I was 16, I was looking for stuff like this. Not, and not only that, I mean, some of us were doing, like, you know, like, I don't know, 16, 17. I was definitely at least making out with boys. and Yeah, it's real. It's It suits real life as far as I'm concerned. And even when I think of, you know, whether it was moments between Simon and Izzy in bed and just, like, spooning or cuddling or just, like, over-the-clothes action, it was still done and written in a way that felt young. Right. Or even when she was writing Clary and Jace's first time together in hell, (laughs) mind you, I didn't feel like it was steamy. I felt like it was realistic and she focused more on the emotion. You know, she was like, you know, skins were touching. We were as close as two people could be together. She focused so much more on the emotions. And again, this goes back to that young, new love and also, end of the fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. I mean, and poor Alec, always walking in on his sister. He's like, my eyes, my eyes. My eyes. Stop, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, my God. Okay, so that's really great, because, like, you love Isabel. I loved her. I love her. So, Isabel, over these, like, these books, so how do you, do you, you still love her? Yes, yes. I hope that doesn't change. Oh, and, you know, I don't know if it does, because... Maybe I was just like, oh, my gosh, thank God the the sixth book is over with because of the narrator. 
and I'm not going to look at the screen because I don't want to know if I see them later. Oh, maybe do I will Izzy come back in a future saga? I have the perfect example. Okay, so in Akatar, the first three, four, four books of Akatar are Feyre and Reese. Right. And then Akasif is a switch. Right. But Reese and Feyre are still there in the background. Okay. Same okay, it'll be situation. Still, okay. okay. Um, I, I like her a lot. I she's she's gotten stronger. She's and you know, I what I think is something that I don't think people talk about enough that she becomes more vulnerable in sharing her emotions with others outside of her family because they always say like she's the strongest one when it comes to somebody she loves don't fuck with her but she lets others see that side of her and I think yeah I, I think it's not discussed as often that showing your vulnerability is a strength within its own. And I really like that you get to see that with her, especially at the end of the sixth book and the epilogue. And this is actually, a, this is one of the parts that I cried. I like her teared up at least where Clary calls Simon and he has no idea who she is. She just wanted to hear his voice and her and it, like she hangs up, she drops the phone, whatever. And they just talk about missing this person because they have, they still have to, even though he's alive, they still have to mourn the loss of this person because they're still stuck with remembering who he is and he doesn't know anybody. And her showing that vulnerable side to be like, I, it's like, I have these feelings. This is what I, my, I physically feel like. And Clary's like, that's this emotion. And she's just not used to assigning <laughs> feelings. Like it was just very, I love her and Clary's relationship. There's a respect for each other, especially once Izzy was able to move past her insecurity of Simon and Clary's relationship. Once she was able to move past that, because there was a specific scene where it clicked for her, no matter how many times it was explained to her, where she was hugging Jace and missed him and blah, blah, blah. And then she looked over at Simon and Clary after, like, you know, another, like, oh, my God, battle. And she realized, oh, this is what Simon had meant. And I thought that was really special. And I think that just continues to solidify and strengthen her bond. Love, Isabel. And and Isabel, something that I don't think is ever really brought up much about Isabel is that she uh, had to deal with all that bullshit from her parents, right? Like her her mom telling her that like her dad cheated and like not to tell anybody and to like keep that secret, and then like and then the brother, you know, Max dying, and then all, all of that like bullshit that she had to deal with with her parents is like part of the reason why she is the way she is. So when she loses it on them, it was just like glorious. It's like, yes, Isabel, go off. It's been internalized for so long, so long. And I sometimes it felt like especially when it came to stuff with Max, and maybe it's just because we saw that side. I feel like she was the one who was remembering Max for everybody. Everything was, it wasn't just like, oh, he died. Like she was, you know, everybody wanted obviously a hand at Sebastian. 
And she was the one, she's like, well, I need to do it for Max. I need to do it for this. And, you know, or even when Jocelyn with her, the stuff with her parents, Jocelyn's like, I do know who it is. This isn't a shock to me. Your mother did share this information with me. She's one of my best friends. And then she eventually told, you know, she told Izzy and she goes, and now that you know, do you even feel better? And that's, and that's the case with a lot of things. Now that you know the reason, does it change how you feel? And, you know, majority of the times it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, that specific scene that you're referring to is at the Iron Citadel when you uh, meet the Iron Sisters for the first time. So how did you feel about the Iron Sisters? Why I'm drawing a blank with who they are. <laughs> oh, the Iron Sisters are the weapon makers. They are oh the ones who like forge things and yeah. dip them and make them for the like the powerful uh like the weapons that the shadow hunters have yeah. to use to fight. I wasn't expect I don't know why I feel I don't know why I wasn't expecting something that felt mid like this is just feels like a hodgepodge of like past and present and medieval in a med- not like past as in like medieval aspects of this um and even further obviously biblical times mm-hmm. especially with all you know bet- between like angels and demons and runes and you know marks of cain um i i wish i remembered more i'm sorry no it's fine um i i like the iron citadel that's where tessa has been this whole time uh, it is a place of like research. Only women can go there, and they are like the sisters to um, the Asylum Brothers. I like the Iron Sisters. They they play like this this whole thing. Um, so in book five, yeah, in book five, there's like the final big battle where we see the uh, in Darkened become made for the first time. Do you remember this? Yeah, keep going. The yes, thing the darkened is the, the, the sword. The, the no, the darkened no. are like the the like dark shadow hunters. Oh, the, oh the, like yes, yeah. the ones. Yeah, okay, the With ones the, that yeah. Sebastian was yeah. making. Yes, okay. So the thing that I really like about these books and like all shadow hunters books, like in general, is that like everything happens. Like there, there's fade to blacks on like certain things because it's YA like sexual aspects. But like when when it's like oh my god. Uh, is he going to do it? Is he going to make the evil soldier? Like, yeah, he's going to make the evil soldier. He's going to make like 50 of them. Like, yeah, he's going to open a portal to hell. He's going to make it huge. Yeah, like, yeah. He's not doing anything half-assed. Yeah, no, not at all. Which I will say with the Undarkened, it was something that they had to constantly remind the Shadow Hunters that like there's a I can't remember if it was, it was book five or six, but when it was book six where they go, I smell blood, but it's but it's tainted somehow because, you know, you could scent other they were like, it's human, but it's not human. So that must mean the shadow hunters, but they're not shadow hunters because the Indarkin had taken over the, the Nephilim bodies, but they're like evil Nephilim now. But this goes back to the whole from from our initial Shadow Hunters episode of don't listen to Sebastian. The second you start listening to Sebastian, he does he he has such a commanding power over people that you start believing what he's saying, and that's what these followers did. Like, yeah, he he does make sense. Who does look out for us? 
And, and I mean, and then of course it's just like one big power trip because Luke's sister is one now. And that's the main one that they kind of use kind of like in a way, his second in command, Sebastian's second in command, because he knows the emotional attachment that everybody has on her. He knows his enemy's weakness and that's not a weakness for him because he essentially doesn't have any emotion. He doesn't understand that attachment except when it comes to Clary. And I feel like with Clary, like you were talking earlier about how Sebastian like doesn't understand certain emotions. Like he doesn't. He he has like hate and rage, like you said. I also think he he understands like jealousy and he understands like want. And like like pos- pos- possessiveness maybe. Um but but not not love. He he he's beyond that. But um, with with Sebastian, like he, I mean, he's kind of just following like Valentine's like like master plan, right? He's got you know Amatis as his second, like just like his dad who had Luke, and then he's got this army. They're gonna go out, you know, do whatever. And it's like Sebastian, and and I think Jocelyn talks about it a little bit in book six when they're in in um, Edom, but like um, Sebastian just like needs all of this like constant kind of like. Um, like, this need to be obeyed and, like, adored. So he just, like, went out and, like, brainwashed a bunch of people that he knew would hurt other people the most and, like, made his army out of that. Because it's like he, every dictator in history. Yeah, just like everyone <laughs> in history. So it's just, like, it's crazy. And, like, uh, you were saying you like book five a lot. I like book six uh, for a lot of reasons. But I like book six because of Emma. We We have our first real introduction to the LA everyone from LA we get a little bit of it in book five and I say that because um we meet Aline and Helen and I think Mark very briefly in book five um they're just mentioned like in passing and they have a brief conversation I think with Isabel but in book six we get them and I love them um and, and I love Emma and Jules's relationship. I love them fantastic. so much. It's fantastic. And yeah, so it's Emma. Let's see if I can get all the Blackthorns. So we have Jules and Mark and Helen and Ty. And no, don't have Wait, okay. And Ty and Lydia and Tavi. Uh, Tavi. And the other girl, the other girl. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's going to bother the hell out of me now. Shit. Anyway, I got I got most of them. Uh, there's so many Blackthorns and we love them. And there's so much. And I, like, I, I think I told you briefly about what happens to Julian and about him and his father. But like now you got to witness it. And it, it's just it's so hard every single time. I love Julian. I love the Blackthorns. I love uh, the car stairs. And in book six, we get a lot of Brother Zachariah and what happens to Brother Zachariah. And we get Tessa. And I just love them all so much. They have such like this deep seated like place in my heart. And then we get Magnus. And um, I want to talk a little bit about um, just kind of the tragedy of Magnus. And you and I talked about this before. And, uh, and that oh. tragedy of Magnus being like, 
This is the book four backstory, like when you were giving me the book four. Okay. Yeah, it's like book four and a little bit of book five, you know, a little bit. But Right. um, So with Magnus, like Magnus is immortal. He will live forever. He he says this. He doesn't talk about his past. He is very old. And I don't know if you've picked up on this, but he lies about his age all the time. Right. So like whenever someone asks his age, he'll be like, well, I'm 400 years old. And the next time he'll be like, I'm 2,000 years old. Like he, he doesn't keep it consistent. So he says, like, he's been in love a bunch of times. He's loved, like, all different kinds of of people. He loves people. And he knows and accepts that he will live forever and the person that he is with will die. And Alec is having problems with that. Of course, he's 18. Like, of course, this is his first, like, open relationship and... Magnus is being like kind of protective and I love Magnus and it's just so sad to think about like to to, to just know right like you have what was was the quote that I texted it was like mortality is becoming the third person in our relationship and I was oh I that like broke that was in the beginning that broke me so early (laughs) like that way I was so you know you don't it's it's one of those things that's discussed in fantasy YA paranormal books, but it's never it's just kind of thrown out there and something comes of it. You know, Elena, vampire, like everybody, Bella, vampire, everybody keeps getting turned. So it's never really a focal point or discussed because, oh, what's the solution? The other person will just make them immortal. Boom. Done. Let's keep with the storyline. So it was really interesting to see one of the relationships in this, in a series, not go that route. Yeah, like discuss it, discuss it, like uh, not openly, not at first, but like kind of put it out there and have Alex struggle with it. He talks to Camille about it. He, you know, tries to figure out ways. He's tempted you know, he's very tempted to... Which uh, is ultimately the reason of their breakup. Exactly, exactly. And then everything that happens in Edom and, oh my gosh, you know, everything there. And I just, I love their relationship. I love their apartment. I love their the way that they are together. They're just, they're just wonderful. And it just, it brings so much joy. And like people, that is the reason, like they are the reason that people watch the TV show. Are they good at how is the TV? Because I know you said that the TV show kind of skews away from the book, so it's not really as enjoyable as certain episodes are. But I didn't know if they're con- they're at least consistent. Yeah, they're I haven't con- yeah. I, I haven't watched Beyond the Pilot as yeah. instructed. They're pretty consistent, but they they have chemistry. They're beautiful. They they fight and they make up and ugh, it's great. I just it's I, great. I I, I I adore them. Yeah, so much. So much. And I think we knew, if, if you're listening to this episode, we had a first our initial episode with ep- uh, books one through three. Laura had spoiled for me. Oh, this is a spoiler. So, I mean, Laura had spoiled for me that they are together in the future. Um, future, future. Not just like, oh, we're in book five and six future. Um, and even knowing that, <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> And their breakup. Well, I did that on purpose. I needed you to like know in the back of your head that everything would be okay because I knew 
that this would that this would get you but like i again i didn't expect it to get you like as hard as it got you i didn't either honestly i just kind of thought i'd be like okay i think there's just so many the i think part of it's probably because the re with their relationship it's the most real of everybody's and there there's a lot of humanity and a lot of justifiable reasons I can see where Magnus is coming from, but I could also see where Alec is like, it It was a millisecond that the thought crossed my mind. Obviously, I wasn't going to make that decision for you. So that's the other part of it where I go, Magnus, you're being a little dramatic. Like, you're going to, you're the, he's the first person who will be like, oh, I've lived forever. I've seen it all. So isn't that, but you later find out like, this is his defense mechanism. He's trying find any little reason to push this person that he loves away so the only like constants really for magnus are katarina katarina loss who we love and um you know a couple other like warlocks that are out there and uh raphael and of course we lose raphael in these books he dies and um you know, a couple of the other vampires, like Camille, but Camille dies. Like, we haven't even really talked about that. Like, Camille dies, and it's kind of, it's off page, right? She's murdered by insane, what's her name? And um, I, I find that absolutely incredible that this, like, what, 13, 12-year-old girl who's just crazy is, like, crazy Maureen. now. Maureen, That's- yeah, who's crazy, uh, goes and just, like, murders this, like, like centuries old vampire she is psychotic she's nuts she's and and Raphael says like and he specifically tells simon look like you had me guide you in your transition this this girl was taken out of con like this was not her choice she was turned and then she is such like it gave me when the way he was describing like how she had to come to her own vampirism it reminded me of when Buffy had to, I don't know why this specifically, but when, remember when Buffy had to dig herself out of her own yeah. grave? Mm-hmm. That's what him, that's what Raphael t- resharing Maureen's story. It, it just, even though I know Buffy isn't a vampire, she really just came back to life. That's what it reminded me of, like having to pull yourself out of this situation with no guidance. As a child, like as, as a child, yeah. So some of the choices that she was making, in some of them, like like when she she's dressing Simon up as a romance <laughs> costume, and like she's she's still the mind of a child. Yeah, so like Camille wasn't expecting it, right? So like when she turns like utterly violent and just like ripped her throat out, she's like, "What?" Like it's 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 incredible. It's incredible. Or even when Maya is trying to be like, "Hey, like I'm part of the werewolves. You're HBIC of the vampires. We should be friends. We we should talk about Sebastian's plan." And Maureen is like, "Oh well, of course I'm going to follow Sebastian. Like, what have they done for us?" And sometimes the way it's presented, they're not wrong. Because then when you think of the clave specifically, I think of the clave is that Shadowhunters government who is only really looking out for themselves. 
And so when Isabel and Alec, they go to their mother who knows how she who has to talk to the clave and everything. This is what happens. This is where these people are. She doesn't want to hear it because then everybody has to go on trial. Everything has to happen in front of like their shadow hunter government. And why did you do that? Well, nobody else was. And that's why you have all these murder mystery podcasts to be, you know, or, you know, when they say TikTok, do your job. Next thing you know, you're going to have a bunch of crazy people who, not even crazy. We look at all the facts and you go, okay, then where's my money? Where's my paycheck? Because y'all cl- clearly didn't earn yours. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> um, talk to me. Talk to me about. Oh, okay. So we've got. We we meet so many characters. Do you remember when I told you a long time ago there's like 50 characters? There's so many. I can't keep track of them all. I thought Throne of Glass is going to be hard. It's nothing. It's that nothing. nothing. That's why you read that first. That's nothing. So we got Jordan, right? Um, tragic how Jordan dies. Okay, is it weird that I've... I don't know if I've just become desensitized but I felt like, oh, good, another death. Not in a, like, not in a... Really just, like a move kind of... Right, yeah. it helps move the story because I feel like sometimes... And I... Now, disclaimer, that does not mean I want death in any of my Sarah J. Mass books. <laughs> I just feel like sometimes it's, I need another... Can we can we lose one character? Because I can't keep keeping track of all these names. But it does help move the story along. That being said, there's certain, like, one of the quotes, I think it was Zachariah, who said, you know, forever doesn't make lost forgettable. It just makes it bearable. Like, oh, we love Brother Zachariah. So I thought that was a really important, like, I think most of my notes just surrounded quotes. Um, that was one of them. Or love does not stop when someone dies. You know, I think it's a lot of death focus in these books. And maybe that's just skewed. Maybe that's kind of what I've just been honing in on because of this past year. Um, But I'm just more aware of it. Sure, sure. Uh, So I'm bringing up Jordan because Jordan is one of the um, topics of controversy about these books about choice and about like hypersexualizing their characters. But like Jordan and Maya are older. Like they say that they're older. Um, But so... Jordan is the one that bit Maya. He's the one that like I think turned he, her. Yeah, he turned her. He, he hit her. I think once, and um, and she goes back to him. Like you know, he abandons her, and then she goes back to him. So like there, there's a conversation around these. Like, is this like telling kids that that's okay, and like all this stuff? But like I, and like of course that's a valid point, obviously. Um, but I find it important to note that Maya was going to break up with him like right like she she was very like clear she was decided she wasn't in love with him it wasn't working like it she just wasn't that person anymore and then the book does the uh, all of them actually do a good job of introducing the praetor lupus what its purpose is and like what jordan does there to like make up for everything that he did and that he was taken to the Praetor like immediately after that happened. And like, you know, and then is it toxic that he saw her name in the report and like requested to be on, you know, like all that, all that stuff. I say like, whatever, it's a book and he dies anyway. So it's, it's fun. 
Uh, but that is a controversy around around this is is to- like toxic relationships because like if you jump off from that you could say like Jace and all, you were saying earlier like all the sweetness that happens between like Clary and Jace um like he's not himself right he's right. like a, he's like soulless Sam that's how I read him yeah oh that's a good that's a perfect comparison because Sam is still Sam yeah but he's just not it, it's like a different part of him and you know and the thing is even when jace is not soulless jace he comes out he says i remember everything it's not like he wasn't aware of what he was doing he goes i remember everything i didn't have control of it but i remember it oh that's such a wonderful i like that yeah i like that i could i can go into this yeah so like that's yeah yeah, yeah. that's the that's the mindset so like jace is like soulless sam so all that stuff that they did like Yes, like technically they did it, right? But there but it's not like I like how and this is this is the perfect thing that I do enjoy about Clary. She is written as she's 17 because you get swept up in it all and then she's just like, "No, no, bad self. Don't get sucked in." Because honestly, same. Like we've all I, I always say like we've all done, you know, there are a lot of people who've been in situations where you kind of everything's rose-colored glasses sometimes and you forget you know she's you know bigger picture bigger picture because you know what you're 17 and here's the person that you love but it's not the person that you love and when the good things are happening you kind of everything kind of gets pushed aside yeah it's like when it when it's good it's good when it's bad it's really bad except when it's good so it's like uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So I'm I'm just trying to think of the characters so we can like touch on them real quick. We have Lily. Oh, sorry. Go, go. No, it's- I was going to say before I forget, because I know we've been talking about choice and it reminded, like when we're talking about like soulless Jace and Jace, it reminded me specifically, I mean, there's a lot of situations, but when she takes, oh God, I don't even know where to start because it's so like so much. So when they are hooking up and they, you know, she was like, oh, I don't I don't care. Like, let's just do it. And he goes, I'm going to deliver myself to the silent city Oh, because I don't want to I, I, I don't I cannot live with what I'm being instructed to do. I need to turn myself over. And she knew that if that happened, she's never going to see Jason. And she does like kind of smart though like i understand where she's getting from um of the she calls for sebastian and sets everything else into this whole different motion and later on you flash forward she realizes oh my gosh like now this is exactly what he didn't want i've taken that choice away from him and it just reminded me and the reason it reminded me of is because the other day was clary's birthday and I go, I really can't see her as a Leo Virgo cusp. I don't know why. And you said you bulleted out the characteristics of, really? You can't? Because everything has to be done her way. Nobody agrees with her. She's doing it anyway. And she's figuring it out. And she were just, and that's, I can't, I can't unsee it now especially in all the choices that she's making for other people without their input. Yeah. For other people without their input. And Clary does later apologize to Jace for that. She's right. like, like I took your choice away. He's like, yeah, you fucking, you fucking did. Like, <laughs> like what the hell was that? Like, yeah, 
Yeah, it, you know, he calls her on it, and I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, choice is, is huge. It's huge. We have choice with, uh, you know, Maya and Lily deciding to, you know, choosing to form an alliance and, and kind of just, like, unite the werewolves and the vampires. We love that. We love women in charge. Um, choice with brother Zachariah, like, he, his choice to become, like, fully human again got taken away from him. But then he chooses when to go and contact Tessa. Cause, and he says, like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Uh, choice. What else with choice? Uh, Which I like because it's like he wanted to be his best self, but also like in a mental place where he can be there. Yeah. Oh, I just I just love him so much. And then um, and just everything that happens. My favorite thing about Shadowhunters, and I said this earlier, my favorite thing, and another one of my favorite things um, is the <laughs> politics, the politics with the clave, uh, the, the backstabbing with the fairies, like the fairies coming in. Can I just say it really... I, maybe maybe this is just how many times are you gonna believe the Fae? How many times? Every single time. Oh, when she's like, okay, with the, every time something happened with the Sealy Queen and it went wrong, I'm thinking you still haven't learned, or from even and that was from the first however many books, and then they did the rings and they were listening in on the conversations the whole time. The second that ring showed up and the Sealy Queen was like, oh, use this form of communication. Like, that's a bad idea. Why are we going through this every single... It's the whole definition of insanity. You do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's them with the Sealy Queen. But speaking of the politics, I love that she acknowledges when her and Sebastian are in relations with each other that they are fully about understanding the politics, knowing that they would throw the other under a bus and backstab them in a heartbeat if it meant to survive. And Sebastian even said, the Sealy Queen isn't about who... She's on the winning side. She doesn't care who that is. And, you know, she just has... You know, she, she's about her herself and her realm and kingdom. I, I just... Does it annoy the hell out of me? Absolutely. Can I respect it? I understand it. I also love that, like, the Sealy Queen is like, well, yeah, like, I can't lie, but, like, Meliorn's, like, half fairy. He lies all the time. Like, you should <laughs> you should never loved, believe Meliorn. I loved that. But, and that opens the whole other thing that we know about the, the, the Blackthorn brothers who are half fae. And, like, even, um, not just, like, even the, ugh, why can't I remember her name? Not. Not Emma. Yes, Emma. Who's Helen? Hel- Helen. Half- yeah, Helen. Mark and ha- Helen. Right. They're half fae, and it starts, like, questioning all the internal yeah. politics. I mean, that's how book six ends. The last chapter, not necessarily the epilogue, but they start talking about those internal politics of, well, what does this mean? How do we know that they're not going to switch sides? And, you know, I, I not that I think that they would switch sides, but there, it's it's like when you, you have to pose these, you know, being devil's advocate questions because you have when it comes to bigger picture, you need to be having questions from every angle so you can be prepared. And that's why nobody, you know, nobody. I don't. I say nobody as a general term is prepared for certain things because you don't. You if you have a bunch of yes men around you. 
you're not going to get a different point of view to say, yeah, but what if? You need the what ifs to help be prepared. What's that expression? Fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. So Mark, Mark Blackthorne, half fairy, uh, Mark is given to the wild hunt. And uh, the wild hunt is like famous, like folklore, okay, whatever. But in these books, it's it's, uh, led by Gwyn. And it has like a bunch of different writers and they go and they follow battles and, you know, they do the bodies and, you know, souls, all that stuff. Uh, so Mark is given to the Wild Hunt, and the Wild Hunt has no jurisdiction. Uh, so nobody controls the Wild Hunt. The Seelie Queen can't do anything. The Shadowhunters can't do anything. And I find it so sad that our, like, core group, you know, our, like, main, mains, our mains, uh, have to pass Mark Blackthorn in the tunnels and be like, you, you have to go back, like, we're going to hell. We're probably going to die there. Like, you can't go back this way. You have to go back. And, like, they're telling you your family's dead. Like, your family's alive. Like, but you're, like, you like all this, like, and, and they leave him there. And it always feels so bad for Mark Blackthorne. Like, how, how scary, right? Like, how absolutely terrifying. It's just, it's just beyond. And then Helen and Aline are exiled to Wrangell Island to keep her, like, far away from everything. So um, Helen and her like fairy blood or whatever can't like get into Idris, and uh, and that sets up the cold peace with the fairies. And I love how it ends because Magnus is there, and Magnus is like this. Is how it starts? Like you think you think you're squashing a problem, but you're just making it bigger. Like, and Magnus has seen it all, and I think. You know, we talk about how he's been vague with his age. And one thing that I found interesting is when, not in the sixth book, but it was foreshadowed who his father was. And once the reveal happens, I mean, I felt like it was foreshadowing. I don't know if it was like this huge reveal to anybody else. When you realize he's one of the princes of hell of like the nine layers of hell that i'm already like okay crescent city but then like no two different worlds but it immediately okay now you know like he's not just old he's old old and he's seen war and politics and you know just human interaction in every capacity and in different realms of it because it's not just like, oh, the human world, because now we know that there's like a demon realm and that they're able to transfer through like different portals. And it's just like this whole bigger thing. Uh, it is. It's a, in, it's such a huge universe. Like, oh, there's just so much going on at all times. It's just so fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm trying to think of like highlight points. I want to know the points that you cried. That has been just like, just <laughs> killing me. So please, please tell me, please tell our dedicated listeners, <laughs> when did you cry? Okay, so I cried in, I sent you a video, uh, in the end of the fifth book, in the epilogue of Simon and Magnus breaking up. Just, that's when I was like, I did it. I knew I loved them. I knew they were my favorites from the beginning because I even re-listened to when we were editing the first episode. Um, Magnus and Izzy are still like my top two. Love them. Um, but all three, all three were Simon related. And I feel like... 
how I was in Empire of Storms where I sent a reaction video. I can't remember if I uploaded it to TikTok or not, where I'm just sobbing and I go, if you told me I was going to cry over the fucking witches six books ago, <laughs> that's how I felt in this Oh, And that's appropriate. It's the sixth book. That's how I felt with this book. If you told me back in book one and I like again I'm, I was talking so much shit <laughs> so much shit and I cried with the, the Simon giving away his memories and it made sense like I understand he's and when he said I'm immortal take my immortality it also made sense because how Magnus said Basically, because he was so old, he would just turn to ash immediately. Simon's like, look, I'm, I'm not old. Like, this, this is going to be fine. Take my immortality. I didn't want it anyway. This could all work out, you know? And it, and it, I respected him. It was another thing that I respected him for. Just like when he said he, he turned himself into Raphael with the mark of Cain and did all the things. He's really stepped up really stepped up i respect so then that was the first one the second time it was all at the end when and i had said earlier in this episode clary calls him and like he's just she was just like who's who's your best friend and he goes well if you just wanted to eric's number you should have just asked oh oh broke that was so sad and she just dropped the phone the picture that I sent you before we started recording was when he when they go to when they go to school to be like, hey, my mom's getting married. You don't know anything about us, but I just you used to be this important person in our life. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't remember. And then he goes, but hey, why don't you check out my band? And he says, the mortal instruments. Thank God it's been at least 24 hours that I got my lashes done because I was just done. I was that really <laughs> that was what's that's so random. Simon so Simon sneaks in and gets you. That's why I said like so I'm like glossy eyed again over here. It was just like because you knew he didn't remember, but there was something there that he goes, "Hey, here's a bit." And I, that's you know anything with paranormal fantasy. You know, like, that's just part of the, those formulas that there's something there. There's something there. You don't know what it is, but he named the band that. After, in this book, it was joked about how he, he, you know, he's in this band, has a million different names, and then they changed it to this one. I was just, that was so, I was, <laughs> I have no words, clearly. I was, those are the three things I had no, they came out of nowhere and why they're all Simon related. I could not fucking tell you. I, so when I reread this, I cried a lot for like different reasons, but one of the scenes that stands out to me, and I, I think it's in book five, it might be in book six. I don't know. They all blend. Um, when Simon, maybe even four, I don't know. When Simon goes home and his mom has his blood bags out. And she's like, what is this? Yeah. She's like, yeah. what is, what is this? 
what what is this like uh like you're a monster like and she like she screams at him and she's like you know get out of my house like you've killed my son you're inhabiting my son you're a demon and and he and he doesn't go back like he he can't he like can't go back he can't go back home and like and and since then and everything like from that is just that he has this like struggle about it he's like you know i don't know where to go like i can go here i can go here but like everything kind of sucks and then that's how he ends up with jordan in the apartment and it's just like that is so sad and it reminded me of a buffy episode and i feel like that's why i love it like that moment is like so powerful to me is it reminds me of the buffy episode where buffy and her mom have like an all-out it's like oh when her mom's like why have you been staying out late like yeah yeah and she's like what do you think i've been doing every night like why do you think like or or like you're washing blood out of my clothes every night like you're not asking questions like what do you think i'm doing like that moment is this moment with simon and his mom and it was just it was really good really good really enjoyed it um i i just love these books i love that they're i love as i said i love that they're over uh i (laughs) was so I was crying just like, you know, just like briefly. So they set, they set us up, right? So um, where, what have they set us up to? Well, they give us Brother Zachariah. And do they give us his name? I don't remember. No. No, okay. He's still just Brother Zachariah. They give us Brother Zachariah and Tessa. And we love them. They give us mention of Will Herondale, like kind of a lot, actually. Like he's, I feel like yeah. I've heard his name a lot in this in book six. Yeah, in book six, yeah. So so we've got that side, and then we've got all of the Blackthorns and Emma and, uh, you know, their whole life with their Uncle Arthur in California. So we've got, like, that going on. And then the other series that are set up here are uh, Magnus and Alec have their own series. And then, they have their own series. It's yeah, not, are they, they going to be, like, background characters like Izzy? Um, yes and no. Yes, no, yeah, but okay. they're they're the mains in their own series, of course. Okay, can I um, say can can we save that one for last? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know yeah. if there was this order, but like I just no, no, to me no. in my head, I'm like I want to save the best save, for last. Yeah, save them for last. Yeah. So like Alec <laughs> and Magnus have their own uh, their own series, and then we have the Adventures of Brother Zachariah. He has his standalone book, which is like um, very similar to Assassin's Blade, which is short. Like okay. individual stories within that all together, um, and then we have uh, tales from Shadowhunter Academy, which is Simon uh, going through his process. And oh, then- because we know from the from the epilogue here, where Magnus is like, "Look, they are in desperate need of Shadowhunters," and we think, "Yeah, they're gonna like you. You don't know your history, but everybody else does." Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so is that why? Okay, blissfully bookish has like these really great embroidered pants and shirts that say Shadow Hunters Academy. Yeah. But I was so confused because I knew that they had the New York Institute vintage shirts, which Laura, you have, I have. one, um, and I think you have the Shadow Hunters Academy joggers. But I was reading, you know, I've read one through six, and I go, okay, but. Does Shadowhunters Academy, do they just mean New York Institute? Is it kind of like how they did Break Bills and now it's Break Bills University because of the show? <laughs> and I didn't realize they're two separate things. I thought they were just like renaming it for like a rebranding it nope. thing in the fandom. They are two separate things. Yeah. yeah. So uh, oh, cool. Tales from Shadowhunter Academy is a standalone, but it um, focuses on Simon 
and it has a it has it has a cool kind of trope. It has like Simon has to go to class, and every class there's like guest lecturers. So you oh, get cool. so you get Tessa, and you get Izzy, and you get like you get all these people coming in to like help Simon and like teach him and like in his class. I and- really do appreciate. I will say something I've learned that I didn't think that I learned. I can't remember what was the first one that we discussed um, for the show. Oh, maybe it was the Black Witch Chronicles, where I go, I I have never really done a magic school trope outside of Harry Potter. And I'm really, I'm here for it. I do like a magic school trope now, because even, you know, with Crave, it is what it is. Like, I'm sucked in. Like, I don't care. That's just me. I don't care how bad at something is. No, correction, because I have read Serpent and Dove trilogy, and I do care how bad something is. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it's good. Like it's, it's good. Like it's, it's fun. fun. <laughs> it is. It's fun. It's such a fun trope. Um, so uh, okay, yeah. So Simon's in magic school, and then um, okay, okay. So England, and then L.A., and then Brother Zachariah, and then magic school, and then there's a codex. You can buy the codex, What's and then codex? Uh, it's like the encyclopedia. Oh, okay. And then, but that's not like a... No. I don't need to read the no, codex. No, you don't need to read the codex. Oh. And then uh, and then the other series that she set up is the the series about Will Herondale's children. Which one's your favorite? I can never remember. I In my head, I don't know why I keep <laughs> thinking it's either the Infernal Devices or the... the it begins with the D, the D something. The Dark Artifice, because it is one of those artifices. two. Because it is one of those two. So um, <laughs> the Infernal Devices, like, is my favorite. Like, that's that's the one that, like, I, I really love. Um, but I love the L.A. Institute and everything that happens there. I love everybody that we meet there. It's this whole cast of characters, but also, like, people that we love. Um, but I really like the ones that are set in England. Like, there's two that are set in England, and I like them a lot. The ones that are set in England, are they, because I know that there's a London Institute, are they set in the past or in the present? They're set in the past. They're set in like 1840. That that also kind of like it marries the things that you love where you started off loving, you know, being in the historical fiction genre, just like, you know, grandma. And now you kind of marry that with the fantasy that you love now I, it's it's nice when there's that, that that melding of the two. Yeah, yeah, it, it's great. It's great. It's it's my favorite one. I'm trying to think if there's another series that I. The Infernal Devices is the one where you got the special, like the Fairy Loot Special Edition collection yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Yep. Those are pretty. Those are really pretty. I cannot wait to to see your new bookshelf. Oh my gosh, I know they're so good. Yeah, so the Infernal Devices are my favorite, but I love L.A. But I've, of course, read everything, and I have reread the Tales from Shadowhunter Academy several times. And it's just it's just really good. And then, um, oh, my God, I think there's a... No, it, it, it might just be in um, Brother Zachariah's Adventures. Because Tales from Shadowhunter Academy and Brother Zachariah's Adventures have... Um, Stories that are in different timelines. It's really hard to explain. It's like Assassin's Blade, but like if Assassin's Blade also kind of like dipped in. So it's like focusing on on Simon, but it also kind of like lays a little bit more foundation for what's happening in London and lays a little bit more foundation for what will happen later on. So but it's still focused on Simon. It's just interesting. So where do we go from 
here because I know initially I think we were going to do a poll, but something that I learned about myself with this book is I had gone a couple months since I read the first one through three, and then it took me a while to get back into five and six. So I feel like even if we don't record the next, I, I need to have this as a steady thing in the background so I'm not completely pulled out of these worlds. So, you know, when I split, when I've learned how to split my reading, like I have a daytime read and then a nighttime read, I feel like I need to keep trudging along. What direction do you think we should go, Laura? I would prefer to go to England and do the Infernal Devices. However, I still want to do the poll. I still want to do, I still want to know what people think, but I would really love to go to London. I feel like, um, it will make what happens in LA much more like meaningful and we'll understand it a little bit better. And, um, you know, it's talked about so much in these six books, all of these like kind of characters. And, uh, we, we learn the history behind things and like things that show up later. You're like, wait, I know who owned that a hundred years before you and where they got the material to make it. That's like, but that's, that's reminding me of in Queen of Shadows when Rowan's like taking a bath, but you know, like the clothes that he's wearing is like either Sam's or like the, the soap is like stuff that he, yeah. And that's her own growth. Yeah. You know it because of the, the proper order to read Throne of Glass. Yeah. So I think this this might be the proper order, in my opinion, to read uh, Shadowhunters. And and then and then. Yeah. 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 So I I, I, want to do the poll. I want to see what people think. But I think that the safest and most practical thing for us would be to go to the Infernal Devices and start there. And so then, the Dark Artifices is what the L.A. is called, is right? Is L.A., yeah. And I right. feel like after the Infernal Devices, because they're relatively short, uh, you can kind of reassess and see where you want to go. But then we can go to L.A., and those books are are, are like big chungus, but we're talking 33 hours. Like, so would we do an episode per book? I think so. They're our, huge. Because right now, like, our episodes, even with, like, the first three and, like, the second three... Sorry, editors. Yeah, they're long. <laughs> we they're, love they're appreciate long. you. Yeah, we know, we know, we know, we know. Um, yeah, so I feel like uh, if we ever get to LA, that those have to be like each each book has their own episode, but there's only three so far. Um, and, oh, they're, they're not done though. That no, that one's done? that one's ongoing. So the oh, only one I okay. feel like these are all kind of like, and you know, each has a little little ribbon wrapped. You know, like dark, dark artifices done. Infernal devices done, and all of the only thing that I know that's new, I, and I don't even know what it what it's attributed to. A new book of hers came out either this summer or last summer that everybody is about. It's really she thick, and then she announced that she's having that website where she releases a chapter every week. Oh, no, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Because if we go to London first, that'll make even that stuff more interesting for you. This is perfect. That's perfect. I'm so (laughs) glad you brought that up because I completely forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, this is no, this is absolutely wonderful. Um, To answer your question, the series that are still ongoing are the series about Will Herondale's kids. Okay. 
So Will Herondale's All I children. know about Will Herondale is that I think it's Georgia's or Peachy Cosplay Queen. That's I think that she said that that's her number one book boyfriend. That's I think that's so. the extent of it. And the way I imagine him in my head um, was this character on Nashville, Will Chase, who the actor also plays Link in Grey's Anatomy. I had that's how I imagined him just from his name alone, and that's because I rarely look up fan art because uh, for things that I don't want to be spoiled. I I'm just I, I like to think that I'm smart that way. You are <laughs> because you, are. you know, like I always say, I go, "Do you have fan art for me?" And I did that with most recently plated prisoner. I said. I don't want to ruin anything. And then you screenshotted me something that Rosie Thorne said. And it even said, no, no spoilers, which, which is lovely. Um, I love that look so much. Can we, I want to talk about it, but that's a different thing. Um, I just don't like looking at fan art. I don't want to be spoiled. I think everybody who does listen to our podcast knows my excitement when I, when I'm not spoiled. I like going, think, going into things blind, more or less. Uh, learn that. I mean, what's the the manor book? The one that was all I knew. Like we were talking about it before Rook's this episode. Grave. Yeah, Rook's grave. What went into it blind? The only thing that I knew was that it was banned off Kindle Unlimited in the UK. And I told Laura, "I go well if it's banned, I'm going to read it." I had no idea what it was about. I had no idea what it's about. I'm only not even, you know, not even on page 75 or something. And I go, oh, <laughs> I should have known better. Didn't. But I, 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 you know, it's all good surprises. As long as it's not a bad surprise in my life. That's what I got going for me. <laughs> nah, you'll like it. You'll like it. Uh, I'm trying to think. Okay, so Infernal Devices is done. Complete. The Last Hours about uh, Will's kids. Ongoing. That's the book that came out last summer. What's um, that series called? That series is called? called The Last Hours. Okay. Yeah. The last and those hours. are Will Herondale's kids. Yeah, that's Will Herondale's kids. Do not tell kids. me who. No, no, he's I would married never okay. dream of it. Okay. Uh, and then, so, and then uh, Brother Zechariah, that's a standalone. And Shadowhunter Academy, that's a standalone. Uh, Magnus and Alec are ongoing. Yes. Yes, ongoing. <laughs> I'm so happy. L.A. is ongoing. Yeah, LA Are there is places... Ongoing. Oh, I guess, you know, I, I'm going to be interested not. to... My next trip to L.A. Now I'm going to put it's in little... Oh, I got to go here. Like, everybody goes to L.A. for these other things. And I'm going to be like... You mean, no, they describe where the L.A. Institute is in, like, very specific <gasps> details. So you could be like, this is where it would be. Yeah, that would be in hilarious. Somehow, you know, the meme house with the, the black house <laughs> and the pink house. Yeah. In my head, something happens there. It's amazing. Amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can that be the Alien Yes, please. Oh, it's fantastic. Or, you know, mm-hmm. now that you say Institute, like, now I'm getting warehouse vibes, and I'm thinking of Soho House, downtown L.A. Ooh. It's very I, industrial. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to spoil it. It's, it's so don't, lovely. Don't, don't. You know so lovely. how excited I get. Uh, and... Yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, so I would really love for us to go to the completed series, The Infernal Devices, about Will Herondale and his adventures set in, um, like, Edwardian England? Victorian? Edwardian? I don't know. Uh, it's it's 
so good. It's so good. And it's with characters that we have already know and have already met. And that will be a fun little surprise. Um, yeah. And we are running long and we know this. So <laughs> Jess, uh, what is your takeaway of the mortal instruments? Like is, we're, you're done. You can move on to the golden pastures now. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm glad that the people that I like, their stories continue. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of like, as long as I know that about, you know, and knowing that Izzy has drop-ins and then I have Magnus and Alec, I'm, I'm happy. I don't need to know anything else. Yeah, it's and then, so good. Except for like, Soulless Jace is like Soulless Sam. So that must mean that that's the hottest Jace. So. Hottest version. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, yeah, Shadowhunters, I'm so glad to be done with this series because like, you know, it's not great. We all know it's not great, but I feel like, you know, do we course. talk about, do we, like, there's not going to be any, like, talk of incest in the future ones, right? Like, that's it. We just got it for here. Oh, God. Other people have said that there is, um, like, something weird in the, the, um, the one set in England, but I can't pinpoint it. I think it's just that, like, it's, it's, it's England, so everybody's, <laughs> like, kind of close. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. Yeah, but it's not as black and white as this is. Oh, no. It's it's like... Oh, that's, it's, a, that's my yeah, own Yeah, no. It, it, it's England. It's like, you know, everybody's like a second or third cut. You know, you, you well, know. technically, if we want to go down to like the science part of it, everybody who has blue eyes are technically related. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, fun. science for you. Science for you. <laughs> science fact. I'll science find fact. the link and I'll put that in the show notes. Show notes. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, there's this girl that I follow and she said that there's like talk of incest in one of the other ones. Um, maybe the last hours, but, but I, well, there's also incest in like the U S so yeah, but like, I can't, not that we're like, here's promoting it or <laughs> yeah, no, I can't think of it off the top of my head. So like, obviously it's not like glaringly Blame, obvious. Okay. So yeah. So like, you know, whatever, who cares? Um, they're good. All the other books are good. These first six are not great, but they are good enough to get some emotions out of Jessica and good enough to, um, you know, kind ha- of talk about it, talk about it, launch a failed. Is it failed if you're on three seasons? Launch a mediocre TV show and a failed uh, movie franchise. I mean, and that's the thing, like how it keeps getting picked up yeah. in some sort of media and the books are continuously being written. So there is a demand for it. Yeah. And like the content is there. Like now, okay, that's a good, that's a good like kind of way to end on it. So like now that you have seen like where this goes, right? You've seen all, all of these books. What would be the best format for this? I just think you can like cut so much stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think of how Harry Potter, like obviously, the, you know, we're, we talk primarily about books, so books are always better because you have those details. Um, but if you did it in a movie format, even if you think about, and I just think more recent, not even recently, but just at the forefront of my mind with uh, with Twilight, like you really didn't need two parts of Breaking Dawn or whatever the third book was. I feel like you could clump things together with this series so far like you could have books one through three kind of summarized in like a two hour 15 minute movie i think you could have four through five like 
four and half of five as a second movie, and then five and all of six as a third movie. Well, you know what you just kind of solidified for yourself is when you come visit, we're going to sit down and oh, we're going to watch this terrible fucking movie. And oh, we're going to do the movie. We don't have to do the show. No, we're going to watch the time movie. I saw you, we just binged. What was it? Roswell. Roswell. Yeah, no, we can just do We can just do the movie because the movie's bad and it's full of famous people and, you know, something like that should be celebrated. So we should definitely do that and be like a... And do like an Insta Live or something about it. I think it'd be oh, fun. that'll be so. We're gonna have so yeah. many Insta Lives. Yeah. It's gonna be every day. We're gonna be like, hi guys, bye guys. I, I think it'd be fun. Okay, so yeah. All right, wrapping up. I personally would like to go to the Infernal Devices, but we're gonna put a poll out for shits and giggles. So fight me because that's so where I want to go. Are we going to do the poll and still? It's, so basically, the Aries in you is saying. We're going to put out a poll, but we're still going to do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you the illusion <laughs> of choice. Even, not even the Aries in you, but like your entire big three. Yeah. All my, my big three. My Aries Virgo Capricorn self is saying like, yeah, I'm going to give you a poll, but we're still going to go to England. So get fucked. <laughs> and that's where we are. I love you so much. And that's where we are. They're short. They're not super long. Uh, the narration is fine. You know, it's whatever. Oh, and yeah. We'll, we'll, off, we'll offline. God, it's like I'm in a work meeting. We'll talk about that after. And to, like, figure out if I'm going to narrate or read. Yes. Uh, so thank you for listening to us through all of... All of this episode. It's a, it's a real <laughs> banger, I gotta tell you. And um, we are very excited to go to England, but please vote in our poll anyway. <laughs> Feel free to follow us on Instagram and our podcast, Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. Please, and if you know you're feeling generous, please feel free to leave us a review on wherever our reviews are being accepted. I think currently Apple Podcasts, but we appreciate everybody and thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.